understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Guys, real quick, today's episode of The Stranded is sponsored by none other than Instapodcasts. If you've never heard of Instapodcasts, that's my podcast management agency, and there's nothing wrong with a shameless plug, right? My podcast management agency that we started in 2019 with the intent to help business owners, entrepreneurs, and creatives just like yourself connect on one of the most popular platforms on the internet right now that allows you to have true intimacy and vulnerability with your audience, and that is podcasting. To share your story, to share your message, your your experience and your knowledge through one of the most powerful mediums. And what we did was take away the hardest, most difficult part of it. We do the tech and the production for you so that you get to focus on the two most important things, which are content and marketing so that the world can hear your message. Because one thing I know for certain is that you have a message that can put words to something that someone else is experiencing that they don't know how to put words to. And so it's time to put your message out there. But the problem is, is you're scared of how much work it's going to take. And Instapodcast takes away all of the work for you so that you can focus on what's most important about the podcast, which is just delivering and serving your audience. So run over to instapodcast.com right now, schedule and book your first call with one of our reps or me, and we will get you started with your popular podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Stranded Phase podcast. I'm your host, your girl, Jessica Hurley, and we are here and back for a part two after the part one of the incredible story with my friend and client, Michelle J. Lamont, who told us about forgiving the unforgivable. The One of the most crazy experiences, I got so many DMs from you guys, just in awe of this woman's story. And you know how important it is for me to share stories with you where we get an opportunity to learn from people that have, you know, experienced the unthinkable, got past it, learned from it, used it, and now I've gotten to the point and the bravery and the courage to share it so that they can help you along your journey, set you free, understanding that what happens amidst adversity and sometimes even the most insane circumstances, if you have not heard this story, go back to part one, Forgiving the Unforgivable, where Michelle tells us about being dropped off at an orphanage at the age of 10, hating and forgiving her father, it all being a process, you know, married, divorce for over 19 years, starting her own business and getting to the point of thinking that she could be lifeless and no longer deserve to live on this earth and being saved and now coming to where she is as a flourishing, thriving manifestation expert, more connected than anyone I know. The girl continues to blow me away. So here we are for part two of the part one. You have to go listen to part one. Go back two weeks and check it out for giving the unforgivable. And we're back for part two with Michelle J. Lamont. Welcome, 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 girl. Thank you so much. And thank you for saying Jay. A lot of people just say Michelle Lamont and Michelle J. Lamont is very important. So I really appreciate that. So I know the story about Michelle J. Lamont and it literally imprinted on my brain that I can never say your name again. Not like that. Other than obviously we had to fix your podcast title. So I knew that, but (laughs) you have a really cool story about growing up being perfect and not wanting to identify with the Spanish portion of your name, which was your middle name. Correct. Juanita. And you didn't want people to know that because? Well, you know, because you want to be plastic perfect in this American world and being a first generation American with my Colombian mother, 
It was very important for her that we were American in the streets and Latina in the casa. So, you know, at home we would speak Spanish and outside we would only speak English. And, you know, it was very important to have excellent dialect and have a large vocabulary. So we would come across as white as possible. Wow. God. And they say everyone's so equal here. Sure, 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 sure. So now you identify, love, and own that you are Michelle Juanita Lamont. Claro que sí. Mm. (laughs) Okay. We start this out spicy. I like it. Okay. So we ended episode one talking about how, you know, you go from this insane circumstances to kind of climbing your way out of depression and sadness and, you know, suicidal thoughts to becoming this manifestation expert, long, long journey. But we ended it with you manifesting some of the absolute coolest things ever. And of course, we want to provide proof of concept. I think even for me, manifestation was such a hard concept to swallow. And now just the energy of believing it. And the more I grow to understand it, the more I realize how easy it is to connect and create what you want. But you have some incredible stories about how you've done so. Tell us one of them. You know, first thing, let me just define what manifestation is. Manifestation is the art or the craft or the kinetic energy of attracting or rejecting everything in our lives. Whether you believe it or not, you've been manifesting since the moment you had free thought. So whether you're tapping into that to your benefit or tapping into it your detriment, it depends on what you're thinking about. So I'm going to start with how I manifested Cindy Crawford and then finish with how I manifested Kim Kardashian, not knowing that I manifested either one of them, just thinking that this was my life. So here I am in Waco, Texas. My mother has just passed. I'm an orphan now. My father gave me away and he kept my brothers and sister. And everybody in the world at this point is blonde hair and blue eyes and looks like, you know, this California Barbie. And all of a sudden, we're in the middle of my high school life or, you know, junior high, high school life. This goddess comes on the scene called Cindy Crawford. And she looked like me, kind of. I mean, in my dreams, I look like her. I just look like me. But she had brown hair and she had brown eyes and she was 5'10 and she was curvy and she was everything that I thought, like, oh my gosh, if I could look like Cindy Crawford, people would love me. You know, I love Cindy Crawford. And I would just write her name everywhere. And anytime I could see a picture of her or a magazine with her on it, I would tear it out and put it on my wall. Now, I didn't know that I was attracting Cindy Crawford into my life, but I was. And so I, after graduating and having scholarship, I went to Arizona State University. Now of all, and if you ever know anything about Arizona State, it is a huge, huge campus. So I get course, my angels and my guides are always protecting me. I didn't know. They pull me in and put me with a roommate, a sweet mate called Rachel Brazé. And Rachel, if you're listening, please reach out to me. So Rachel Brazé was a professional model at the time and she was young, but stunning, gorgeous. And here I am basically my first time since I was 10 years old, allowed to have any kind of, I can go to the bathroom if I want to. I can go outside if I want to. I'm not in prison anymore because living in the children's orphanage was like a prison. So after losing my mother and father, I was incarcerated for the following seven years. And then this is like my second day or third day of freedom. And here I am with Rachel Brazé, one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen in my life. I was like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. And I said, well, how did you become a model? And she was like, I don't know. I'm just pretty. They just told me to take pictures. And then, you know, I'm 17. I don't know. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, that sounds cool. She has no idea about my obsession with Cindy Crawford, but Rachel Brazé was beautiful and kind of looked like Cindy Crawford. So I ended up telling her that afternoon, it was like the second or third day on campus. I said, 
I am obsessed with Cindy Crawford and her eyes got really big. And I said, I spent all my time trying to look like her and trying to do eat the things she eats. And I found out that she, you know, she was, um, she graduated from a very, an Ivy League college in three and a half years. She's incredibly intelligent. And I really connected with all this vibration. And she turns and she looks at me and she says, Michelle, I'm modeling with Cindy Crawford tomorrow at the Phoenix, Arizona mall. Would you like to be my guest? I had no idea what manifestation was, but all of my thought, all of my energy, all of my intention for the last two and a half years was on this woman I never thought I would ever meet. And in four days after leaving the orphanage, here I am in my college dorm room and this other 17 year old girl is like, well, I'm about to model with her. So I'm like about to have a heart attack. I couldn't even get the words out. My mouth was moving, but there was no sound. Eventually the word yes plopped out and she said, okay, come with me tomorrow. And I couldn't believe it. I was just shell-shocked. And you have to remember that this is quite a few years ago. So when people went to malls, huge groups came, huge, you know, huge crowds came because we didn't have the this YouTube and everything like that. So when we got there, it was literally hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of people in the parking lot all around the Macy's. She had six bodyguards with her, Miss Crawford did. And I'm with Rachel. I'm in the back part, you know, and she's not a prominent model. She's just one of the models in the show. So I see all these people in line and I got angry because I saw one dude with a Playboy. And I was like, how dare you sign, have her sign her naked Playboy? Disrespectful. But I was just, you know, a little kid and I really loved her and I didn't want anybody disrespect for her, even though she posed in it. In my mind, I was angry. So I kind of like sent him an evil thought in that moment. And I was like, disrespectful, disrespectful. And a bodyguard looked at me and he was like, are you in the right area? Because I was giving people dirty looks and stuff. And I was like, I'm with Rachel Brazé for the Macy's model show. And he was like, oh, you have to stand over here. And he kind of like grabs my hand and pulls me over. And when he does, at that exact moment, comes out Cindy Crawford. And now I am inches away from my idol. And I'm just staring at her. And I can't speak because... You know, for the last seven years, I was told to shut up all the time and I hadn't really had a voice. My only way of communicating was with my grades and my ability to, you know, perform well, but not necessarily speak my truth or even have a voice. So there she is. She's walking in and she is unbelievably beautiful, you guys. I mean, like maybe some mascara and lip gloss. And this chick was the bomb. So here comes Miss Crawford and she sits down at the table and she looks up over at me and she smiles. And I know I cried and I said, you're the most beautiful woman in the world. And I just spit it out. I I couldn't help myself. And she's staring at me and she motions over. And so the two of the security cards move and there's huge lines of people. And here I am just like at the front of the line for some reason, you know, and well, not some reason, definitely my angels. And so I sit there and she pulls me over and she said, what's your name? And I said, Michelle Lamont. And she goes, Michelle, I hope you know how beautiful you are. And like, I'm about to cry right now, just being back in that energy because it was so powerful that somebody saw me. Mm. And here she was, my idol, right there, right in front of me. I love her to this day. She's such a beautiful soul. So she said to the security guard, take our picture. And I still have that little, you know, printout picture of Cindy Crawford and I, my very third day at college. And I thought, dang, I just was able to manifest, but I didn't know the word, attract or be next to this amazing energy. I really started to believe somehow, some way 
that I could just do magic. I just had magical qualities and I couldn't explain it. And I, I didn't have the words for it because my mind and my energy hadn't caught up with each other. And so I didn't know what manifestation was, but I was also a very pessimistic person. Mm. So I always had a plan for my plans for my plans. Like, well, if this doesn't work out, then I'm going to do this. If this doesn't work out, then I'm going to do this. And I think part of that was because I didn't have a voice when I was abandoned. So I wanted to make sure that I had some sort of control in my life for the rest of my life. So I wanted to be like super control freak. That way I was like always super excelling at everything. And then I would worry about it. So bad things would come because that's all I would think about. So that was my experience in manifesting Cindy Crawford. And I'll never forget it. And I remember like trying to do Rachel's laundry and trying to do all this stuff because I was so thankful for her for allowing me to get a photograph and be next to my idol. Aww. So many, many years later, now I'm, you know, in a terrible marriage. And I had started my first business with $5. And in year three, I was, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And in year five, I was doing over a million dollars in sales because I just don't quit. I just have that energy about me. So I was running my retail stores in Dallas, Texas, and I had stores at all the major malls, North Parks. There's five major malls and I had locations at all of them. And I started telling people, you know, my obsession with Kim Kardashian. I would tell people because now I thought I looked like Kim Kardashian, right? <laughs> I went to the next brunette with curves. Right. I mean, I don't look like either one of these people, y'all. I just want y'all to know that. <laughs> I think if Cindy Crawford or Kim Kardashian hears this podcast and then they look at my photo, they're like, what? So, <laughs> but I became obsessed with Kim Kardashian, almost like I felt like I knew her. And I can't explain it. It was like, Kim, Kim, Kim. And I would tell everybody. And I was like, oh, I love Kim Kardashian. Everything she does is great. I would buy her perfume. I would buy whatever she sold. I bought it. I mean, it didn't matter. I don't care. You know, I just and I watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians and I just really loved her energy. I thought that she was always she was always talking about angels. And for me, that was something that I didn't know yet, but I always felt a connection to. So here I am, a retail owner doing TV segments to promote my business, which was then going to follow into my publicity career. But, you know, your angels and your guides are always guiding you and they're always taking you on adventures. And the path to least resistance is the fastest way to manifest something. But a lot of people use this resistance, like we're not worthy or we're not good enough or it's not for us. So I remember telling one of my reporter friends, because I was always doing segments with the dogs, you know, because it was a dog boutique. I didn't sell dogs, just stuff for dogs. And I would tell everybody, if you ever get a chance to interview Kim Kardashian and you don't invite me, our friendship is over. And <laughs> I was very direct. Okay. Let me just put it that way. You know what you liked. Yeah. I know what I wanted. And so one day again at a mall, funny enough, I just realized that a friend of mine who was a reporter, she was a beauty fashion reporter. She said, come to Nordstrom's tomorrow, wear something really cute, have all your makeup on and bring your ID. And, you know, I'm not a publicist at this time. I'm just a, not a, re just, but I'm an entrepreneur and I have retail stores and I'm like, okay. And I have no idea what's going on. And I'm telling you, I had Kim Kardashian. I wrote her name down everywhere. I watched every episode. I would like literally watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians all day on Sunday, repeat seasons. I was just obsessed with Kim Kardashian. Now people say that I remind them of Chloe. I think it's because I'm goofy and more full figure than Kim. But, uh, you know, I'll take any Kardashian. Give me, I don't care. What's the cousin Kardashian? Just say I, I'm that one, okay? Right. Yeah, whichever Kardashian. Like, so I show up at Nordstrom's and this girlfriend walks up and she says, I have the greatest birthday gift for you ever. And I said, what? 
And she said, in the next 10 minutes, you and I are going to be alone in a room with Kim Kardashian. And I was like, Cindy Crawford all over. I literally thought I made this happen. My magic, because I didn't know what it was called. I just said it was Michelle magic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was speechless, but this time I wasn't like so shell shocked, but I was literally, I'm staring at her and I said, what? She goes, you don't have a criminal history, do you? And I was like, no. She's like, all right, they're going to run your driver's license. And then I have five minutes for a one-on-one interview with Kim Kardashian and you're going to be my camera girl. And I manifested Kim Kardashian. So about an hour later, we go down to two or three bunkers. You have to go down to th- two or three floors underneath Nordstrom's at Galleria Dallas. And uh, she was promoting a lipstick line at that time. Mm-hmm. And she was dating a Dallas Cowboy player named Miles something. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't allowed to ask her any dating questions. And we got in the room and her mom was in there and a publicist was in there and the room was all dark. And there was just this big purple chair, like fit for the queen that she is. And they said, when Miss Kardashian comes in, you don't speak to her. You don't talk to her. You're allowed to ask these three questions. And if she decides that she wants to take a selfie with you, she'll let you know at the end. Otherwise, pick up your camera and get out. And there was like, yeah, yeah. I wasn't like some romanticized thing, you know? So this was just how you, I didn't know at the time, but this is just how you run an interview. Because when you have a whole long day of 50 interviews, everybody wants to interview it, but just the reporter, the camera person, and then the person. Wasn't like you could have all your gaggle of friends or anything. So we get in the room and I don't know how to run a camera. I don't know anything. I'm just holding this camera, hoping I don't mess up. And in walks the reporters behind me and she's mic'd. Kardashian's already mic'd. And she walks in and she's so beautiful. I mean, I was, I literally almost lost my breath and she's so tiny. She's a Mm -hmm. tiny human. But then she turned to sit down and that badunkadunk was like its own zip code. (laughs) I mean, that thing was out and back and down and up. And I was like, oh my God, look at that thing. Look at that thing. And I was like, so intimidated and I'm not somebody that's easily intimidated. And she just smiled at both of us and she said, hi, I'm ready now. And then we did the interview and we were finished and we stand up and I forgot about not getting a selfie or they would tell you if you could get a selfie. And I just jumped up and I said, can we get a selfie? (laughs) Can we get a picture? And she goes, yes, I was just about to ask you guys if you'd like one, you know, and I was like, yes. So the way Kim Kardashian takes a selfie is you're not allowed to touch her and they give you the instructions. Don't put your hands on her. Don't stand too close. She has her pose. So she stands, she puts her butt out, she puts her tits up because you can't see her butt from behind. So it makes her elongated. That's what she sold us. And her shoulders are back and she's literally has her hands in front like this. And so it looks like my girlfriend and I are photo bombing Kim Kardashian in a selfie because we're standing like oddly next to her. Like we're leaning over like this is us. We're with Kim Kardashian. But, you know, she could you could have like put anybody on either side. This right. was the same photo. She knew how to she had it down to a science. I didn't know what she was doing. I'm just trying to like, you know, make it look like I'm in there with her and I'm trying to lean right, you know, as close as I can, yep. you know. So that was it. And we left the room and I literally thought I have celebrity magic. I manifest, you know, I magically had Cindy Crawford appear and then Kim Kardashian. And I, I was, you know, married at the time and I went home and told my, you know, now ex-husband, I was like, you're never going to believe what, you know, my girlfriend did for my birthday today. And I told him and he was like, is this like the Cindy Crawford thing? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, well now will you shut up about Kim Kardashian? And I was like, nope, <laughs> never till the day I die. And if you look in my house, I have all Kylie, all Kim Kardashian everywhere. Like here's like 50 KKW sticks. 
I mean, listen, I have every Skims thing she makes. I don't care. I support the whole family. So, so quite, it's funny that we were talking about her because I just watched her on David Letterman last night, the interview that she did in the yellow dress. And she talked about, she cried when she talked about the robbery. It was really crazy to hear the story over again. But it's really, really unique to hear their perspective about the show and just some of the stuff they did. But there's a theory, there's a theme that I heard in both of these stories. And it's something, and this is where I, this is the magic that I love to talk about in the thin line that people don't see is... I've heard this over and over again, and I feel like in both your stories, this is exactly what you were saying, but from a different energy, is your obsessions become your possessions. Your obsessions become your possessions. I think there's anybody in the world right now, if you said, have you ever manifested anything? Most of them would say, maybe, no. no. You know, but if you ever said, hey, have you ever obsessed over something long enough that it finally came into your life? They would say, yeah, my wife, you know, my children, my job, my the money I make, the car I have, like the house I have. Yeah. I thought about living on the beach for 20 years and I finally got my dream house. Like if you said, have you ever obsessed over something so long that you owned it? They'd say, yeah. So what made you feel or realize that this is indeed the art of manifestation? Well, you know, after, like I told you, my, the rock bottom, my suicide story, episode two, I really started to just obsess with why I was here. And what my bigger purpose was, because I had already proven that I could be financially successful in any attempt that I had. I just wasn't emotionally connected to it. And everything that I had done at the t- up until this point led me to trying to commit suicide in my own backyard, in the house that I always wanted, right? With my pool and everything. And so I wrote down, I started getting different books and trying to understand this. And I went to the dollar store because you don't need special things. You just need intention. And I got chalkboards and I wrote down everything that I wanted in order for me to become a full-time student of manifestation. So I wrote down that I didn't want to work. I wanted to work 10% of the time, double what I was making. I specifically wrote that. I wanted to travel for free. I wanted to be doing something that I was passionate about. And I wanted to feel like my energy and my mind were connected in one synchronicity. And so I wrote down on those chalkboards, all of those things. And then a year later, I was, I had two PR clients that were now going to pay me just to use my name on retainer. And I didn't have to do any work except once a quarter, write a press release. And I was making essentially just like $1,000 under six figures. And I was working four hours a month. Mm. So I was able to manifest everything on my chalkboards without even doing anything or thinking about it or obsessing about it. I just wrote it down and continued to live as a publicist. And on my side time, I was going interviewing rabbis, interviewing ministers, interviewing clerics, going to religious outlets, going to Buddhism, learning about crystals, learning about angels, doing all of this stuff. Now, here it is a year after I started all of this down this path and everything I wrote on the chalkboards, I was traveling for free because of this one person that was just paying for everything for me to go to these places with them to be like their spiritual advisor and everything that I wanted had manifested. So I think that the first thing that you anybody can do is understand that what you think about, you always attract. And putting that intention in writing is like a spell. S-P-E-L-L. Spelling is a spell. 
And so you're writing it and you're casting it out into the universe. So you have to be very, very careful about what it is that you write down and what it is that you think about. Because if you think about, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough money, then the universe is like, oh, well, Jessica loves talking about how broke she is. So we're going to make sure she's more broke. Okay, you know, instead you're like, even if you're the sky is falling situation, the sky is never falling because listen, when shit happens, the shift happens. And as you move into that energy, you start to see like, I need to calm down. I know that there's an energy here that's trying to change things for me. I know it may be uncomfortable. I know I may not like this at this moment in time, but I get that I'm never left alone on an island, that I'm always protected. I'm always surrounded. And through those shifts and vibrations, all of these different opportunities came into my life. And I don't know what the original question was, but I hope I've answered it. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> but I want to I wanna jump into something that you said that I liked. And this is clarity for me and maybe some other people listening. So you said, and this is what I truly believe, that you don't need expensive things. You just need intention, right? And I've realized that to be true. It doesn't matter what, I could write it on a damn napkin while I'm on an airplane. Like as long as I believe it and it's intentful and I understand what I want, I can damn near put it into action, into my life, into my energy, right? But now that you say that, this is what I've always asked myself is if all I need is intention, what is the purpose of all these additional exterior? And I know they have a purpose. I just don't know what they are. But these exterior physical items that people swear by when it comes to manifestation, like you did an episode about witchy things, which I think a lot of people, this is where they get stopped a surface level with manifestation. They believe they can have an energy that attracts whatever they want. They believe that they can believe that, you know, I truly believe that I can, I can choose happiness every single day. Like I can feel it, but beads and crystals and feathers and angels and spirit guides. Like this to me is like, you go from level two to level five. And it's like, if all you need is intention, what purpose do all of these exterior things serve when it comes to manifesting? So the only way that I could think about that, like off the top of my head would be, okay, let's say that you were trying to become more physically fit and you decide to drink more water. Well, water is definitely going to help flush out those toxins and those fat cells and kind of reform and shape your body. But then what else? Okay, well, maybe you're drinking hot water right first thing in the morning and then you're adding in a lemon to reduce your hunger. And then maybe you're adding in food that has high water content all. And then maybe you go for a walk and then the next day you go for a longer walk. All of these things are part of the process of getting to that ideal physical situation. And one of them can get you there, but all of them together work in collaboration. Mm. So all of these modalities and practices that I talk about on manifesting miracles, do you need to understand why feathers are appearing in your life or that squirrel keeps coming in your backyard and trying to send you a message? I mean, if you have the, the, the tools and you understand how to use them, then it almost accelerates it. It almost seems like you're connected to this source energy in a different way. And you have to remember Everything in your life is right now, the 2020 is the year of the 5D revolution. So right now, the veil is very thin between us and the spirit world. And as we evolve, the evolved people that are connected to their energetic source, they're the ones that are going to be transmuting and clearing old traumas and old energies in order to manifest things almost instantly. I mean, the CIA has done like this huge case file about how they could train their operatives to have remote viewing and manifest things. So it's been proven and it's there on the FBI and the CIA website that you can see it. This isn't something that is, you know, 
I don't know, witchcraft or voodoo or hocus pocus. This is a scientifically proven thing that we are energetic beings. Everything has energy. Now we are in physicality. So if an energy being is trying to communicate, it doesn't have the house called the body. So it just has energy. So it can only communicate to us through energy. So if they are connected to a crystal, you will be too. And when you hold that crystal and you set that intention, you are now connecting with the energy of the crystal. If you've asked for a sign, and for me, it's feathers. Feathers and birds have always communicated to me. And they've used birds from far back as the Bible and the Egyptian days to be a communicator. So all of these sources, all of these energy resources, and all of these modalities in which this energetic force that's with our lives are communicating and evolving around us. The more that we understand what they're saying, the clearer our intentions are and the less we vibrate in fear. Fear is the opposite of love. And when you vibrate in fear, you're connecting to everything that is not from love and above. God is the highest energy that this earth and of everything it created, every solar system, every star, every algae, every everything. And they allow us, God allows us to have a little team while we're here on earth. Earth is the teaching planet. And as we're here on earth, we learn to vibrate either through our ego, which is edging God out, EGO, or through our vibration. And so some people will say, okay, this is ridiculous. What is a crystal? A crystal is just something that you hold and it has like a rock. And so what? Well, nobody knows enough about any one thing to be a skeptic. So Mm. if crystals talk to you, talk back. If feathers talk to you, talk back. If prayer beads talk to you, wear them. If the third eye, you feel more protected when you're starting on something or you're driving somewhere, you're going into a situation, use it. For me, I say, I look at all these different practices and modalities and I say, you know what? This one really holds the mustard with me. I think I can teach this to my clients or I think I could use this for myself. And then I do a little test drive. I'll say, all right, if this is really for me, play a song for me or show me a feather or show me a totem. And then those modalities will then communicate. And it's no different from me than anybody else. I'm just turned into the frequency that is that energy. And so what I do is I try to teach people and help people to understand that they are already connected. They just need to turn that up and turn that on. Mm. That makes so much sense. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Because I know there's certain things that where I feel more connected. Like I feel like I can clear as day hear things being said to me when I'm on the beach. I can clear as day hear things said to me when I'm on a walk. I get the clear downloads when I'm walking. I feel like there are certain things absolutely that bring me more energy and more like sound bowls. When I did the sound bowls, oh my God, I remember sitting down with my girlfriend and I was like, what is this going to like, what could this actually do? And the louder and clearer those sounds got and whatever chakra they were connected to. And she didn't tell me in advance. So she was like, I'm just going to do it. And then you tell me what you saw or heard. And then I'm going to tell you what this is connected to. And every single time it was spot on. Like I would explain it. And she was like, oh, this is your heart chakra. Oh, this is your throat chakra. Like they were always aligned. And I could see moments of childhood. I could see it was bringing forth like things that I was like, oh my God, why does that matter? Like, why am I seeing this? You know, I saw something that I want to do. I saw something with my son. I saw all types of stuff, feelings, like things that I felt like I've never felt before that I may have felt in that time and I didn't acknowledge. Well, so if you know what a chakra is, it's an energy source inside of us in a circular motion. And so that chakra can be closed, it can be flat, and that vibration of the energy of the crystal bowl 
or the actual crystal itself will open up that spindle and start allowing that to be source energy. When you feel stuck, when you feel stagnant, when you feel like things aren't going well, more than likely there's a shock or stuck with that energy. It could be in your calves. It could be in your thighs. It could be in your solar plexus. It could be in your heart chakra. And so you want to do like a practice of moving your energy, okay, with your hands where you're almost taking them and you're starting at your feet and you're lifting your hands up and you're lifting that energy just in a circle outside of you in the morning. So I do this with a song. And so I play one song every single morning forever. And I just dance to this song and I take the energy starting at my feet and I'm bent all the way over. And if you imagine you're putting one hand in front of another and again, repeating and think of it as in a circular motion and you're pulling up that energy from you and then you're pulling it through your stomach and you're pulling it through your chest and you're pulling it through your throat. And then you just shout, put your hands out like it's going to come out of your mouth and you push those hands forward, you're going to clear every single day any slow vibrational energy blocks. And I say, pick a song. I have an episode like what manifestors do in the morning that goes over four or five things that I do, but this is one of them. And it's three minutes and 33 seconds or three minutes and 36 seconds. And I practice that moving of the energy very first thing in the morning. And so you don't know where you're getting stuck at and that energy works. Now for me, I'll put a crystal on an area if I feel more blocked because I know that that particular vibration and that chakra is connected that type of crystal. Mm, wow, this is good. Oh my gosh. So you have told me before, and that was an applicable exercise. So thank you. You've told me something before that I thought was so interesting because I didn't know the difference because a lot of times I use the terms interchangeably. Like for example, I think a lot of times we can use words interchangeably for the longest. I thought shame and guilt were the same thing and realized they were two very different things. And you taught me recently that your spirit guides and your angels are two very different things. Can you elaborate? Yeah. So you have to remember that we all carry ancestral energy. So the egg that made you made your mom's egg, made her egg, made her egg, made her egg. So when you were born, you're carrying the energy of every ancestor before you. And yeah. And so even just scientifically, so a spirit guide is an ancestor that has been with you on every passage here on earth and in every time your egg was transferred and in every energy. So that is more a familiar type of energy where they're constantly with you all the time and they're watching you make those bad choices. make those good choices. And then they're trying to curve you like making the light wait another three seconds so that drunk driver hits somebody else and not you or whatever it was that you avoided. That's your spirit guides. Now, angels, angels, there are 12 archangels and angel energy is a divine energy, a divine energy that is very different than a spiritual guide. A spiritual guide is almost like your big brother and your big sister always, you know, pushing you along and making you do things you don't want to do and forcing you to go through situations so you can shift out and get into this new reality. Your angel, your angel will appear and she's always there or he's always there, but they're only there as an observer. And if they're communicating with you, that means if you start seeing digital synchronicities, 11, 11, 11, all the time, not just like you're sitting in front of a clock, it's going to be 11, 11 twice a day. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you ask a question and then all of a sudden you feel like you have to look at the clock and it's 444. And then the next day you go to the drive-thru and your total was $4.44 or your change was 444. And then you go and you see a license plate and it says 444. What that means is that you are now in an energy that angels can see you. 
when we are in a dark, low vibrational state where we're jealous or we're angry or we think, you know, the sky is always falling, we cannot be seen by angels because we are energetic beings. So our light is so dark that our spirit guides try to shift us and move us into angel energy. And then once we become a higher vibrational energy, meaning we're using more God source energy as opposed to me, myself, and I, ego energy, the angel starts to appear in different ways. And a lot of that ways is feathers, crystals, visions, chakra openings, sound bowl meditations, meditating in general. Meditating is the key to manifesting anything. And then angels will then start to communicate with you. I always tell people, and when I get on a coaching client, The first thing that we have to do is invite your angels in. They will not participate unless they know that they're going to be valued and used because there's a very small percentage of people on the planet that angels communicate with. And if you're one of those people, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's more likely that you are, that they are trying to communicate with you and they're going to use me to open you. They're going to use Jessica to open you. They're going to use different people in order to shift you into that reality. Even Jessica and I. My angels and her angels were bound and determined for us to meet. And so they were going to use it one way or another. And so what I do is I say, I open my heart and I open my mind and invite all high vibrational angels to appear and work for me for my highest and my best good. And I do that almost once a week, usually on Sunday, and I light a white candle, which is the intention of angels. You know, in all the religions, they always have white candles everywhere. And so I light that and I invite my angels in. There are 12 archangels. So you never know which one you're going to get. Mine happens to be Raphael and Uriel. And I know this because I use angel tarot cards and they show up every single time I ask a question and that full deck, I'll get Uriel or I'll get Archangel Michael every time I have a heavy burden. And I was like, all right, all right. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Wow. This is so crazy. So this to me just speaks more to like, you really have to understand that life is always happening for you. It's always happening for you. It's happening around you. You just have a perspective that doesn't allow you to see it. And you have chosen a life, a full lifestyle that allows you to constantly see it and attract it and energetically and enjoy it. And one of the things that I admire the most about you is like you not only do you speak things into existence, but it's like, as soon as I get on a call with you, you're either talking to me about my aura or like that I'm glowing or that I'm this or I'm that. And it is just this, like, if someone didn't know you, it comes off as like this, if they didn't know you or your energy, it would be like this egotistical, like broad, like not bougie, but I'm looking for like a super strong woman thing. But it is like, you're so certain about your angels, your spirit guides, what the world's doing for you and the people around you. Where do you feel like you get that power from? Well, we all have it. Obviously, I am a Life Path 9. So I've been here eight other times. So I can't get it wrong this time. Life Path 9 (laughs) is... I've been every other number. And if you add up all the numbers, it equals nine. So I understand this energy. So I'm an old soul. Even when I was a little kid, people were like, you're an old lady in a little kid body. I always have been told that. Always, always, every boss I've ever had has sat down with me and said, I thought you were just a pretty girl until I got to know you and you have a very old soul. Do you know what your life path number is? No. Okay. So here's a way to do it. And listen, you guys are going to tell you, don't go Google it, finish the podcast and Google it. So you're going to go to Tolkien Rock and put in, you're going to Google Tolkien Rock free life path calculator. It, It takes three seconds and it'll tell you. And I have a whole episode 
about life paths and what that means and how you vibrate in that. And so like life path eight is all about money. Like once you connect to that vibration of your abundance, money will fall from the sky if you're a life path eight. So life path four is the worker. You're here to learn how to be diligent, how to work, how to grow something. You know, a life path one, you're a baby angel. You just came to the earth. So <laughs> everything, it's more like you meet those people and they're like, okay, okay, okay. They're always a life path one. Life path five and I, you know, I don't know about that energy, but you know, I don't know. Maybe I had some issues when I was a five. So anyway, life. Hold path- on, time out, time out. So it was, I was just supposed to put my birthday in. Yep. That's it. It says on my life path one. <gasps> that's why everything just flows to you that way. It so, says natural born leader is yep. one of leadership and trailblazing. Yeah. With a strong sense of independence. You do not like relying on other people. This is why I can't delegate. If you feel, especially if you feel like they're holding you back, often you may feel like it is better to go alone. So the life path number is a very deeper way than a horoscope. What? Yeah. And so life paths are really big thing now. People are really getting tuned into it. I think a lot of celebrities are now talking about their life path numbers. I'm a nine. So I'm a master. So you can't get high. Like Mother Teresa was a life path nine. Gandhi was a life path nine. Oprah's a life path nine. A lot of people of high spiritual energy are life path nines. And we're here to, normally we don't have children. And because we're done with our karma for the earth. And <laughs> And when you leave children behind, that means you're coming back over and over and over again, coming back over and over again to keep going. So hold on. I have to read this paragraph to you and how aligned this is. I told you. You would do well as an entrepreneur because you aren't afraid to take risk. You march to the beat of your own tune and the people around you generally don't hear until the tune is completed and on the top 100 charts. You tend to do things your own way and create innovation by stirring up the pot. And then it gives you a list of people that are like, and I'm like, oh my God, that is me. I will keep, oh my God. What? So now, right. said on the, until your voice is on the top 100 charts. And I'm like, that is me. I will keep going until you hear my message, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. On my episode, Life Path Numbers, I talked to you about all the things that go along with your Life Path number. So I really want you to check it out. But that said, Ooh. now I want you to go online and find things. Life Path Number One books, Life Path Number One crystals, Life Path Number One angels. Life path number one, spirit guides, because it's a modality in which you, and when you hear your life path number, it sounds like they wrote it about you. And you know how when it you does, read, right? When you read a horoscope, you're like seven of the 10 things sound like me. So yeah, I'm a Scorpio. Right. So that said, I'm a life path nine. So I have no fear. Fear doesn't really resonate with me. I am a Scorpio, which is also the oldest astrological sign. So I'm old AF. And then <laughs> like I'm vampire energy, you know, and then. I am a first generation American, but Colombian roots. And there's lots of spirits, lots of uh, like witch type stuff, if you want to call it that, but like high vibrational stuff. And, you know, when you come from an immigrant parent, you just vibrate differently. Like they put higher standards on you. So when I was growing up, my mother would tell me I was going to be the first female president. So in my mind, I always thought I was important. I always right. thought. Like I was, you know, that's why when I went to the orphanage, I was, she had already developed my character and she would tell me like, okay, that person, like, don't do that. That's against angels. You know, don't do this. This is for spirits. Now, as a little kid, I didn't understand what she was saying, but I knew what the traditions were for Colombians and what we did and didn't do and that sort of thing, you know. So life path number is an excellent way for you to get in touch with who you are on a bigger level. And so my bravado isn't bravado. It's that Mm -hmm. I am fully in center with my energy and the energy around me. 
And when I talk about your aura or I talk about how I see you when I see you, it's because authentically that's what I see. My eyes are geared towards your energy, not what your physicality is. Mm. I'm not looking at you like, oh, you know, Jessica needs makeup or Jessica doesn't need makeup. I'm looking at your energy because I read energy and energy can be read from the phone, from in person, from a Zoom, from anything. Even when we spoke the first time on the phone, I know you could, maybe you couldn't tell my energy, but I could tell yours. Right. I was like, okay, I guess the universe and my angels brought me to the exact perfect person for what it was that my next chapter was going to be. And, you know, I told you, I light an abundance candle for you. For me, in my mind, I only see you as a limitless creature, a high vibrational being that will teach and lead so many to freedom and abundance. Because when you accept your own limitlessness, then you can then give it to everybody else. And you are operating in that vibration by allowing so many people to use their natural gifts and talents to then be using the frequency of the internet to change lives and to raise the collective together. I had to close my eyes and receive that because I felt like somebody was speaking life into me just now. But you said something that I want to repeat and I want people listening to really hear this. And it was so simple, but it's so important. And it's one of the most important things I've realized on this journey. Some of you are trying to coach and start businesses that impact people. I talk to people all the time and they go, I just want to empower people. And I'm like, great, what have you done? And they're like, oh, well, I've helped people. And I'm like, no, no, what have you done for you? Like, what have you done on this journey? And you just said it. You cannot teach people or give to people the freedom to be limitless if you have not learned the ability and the power in your limitlessness. Like the more I realize, I tell people all the time, to me, it's such a clear path. The more I learn about my past, the more I learn about my worth. The more I learn about my worth, the less bullshit I'm willing to put up with. The less bullshit I'm willing to put up with, the more times I say no and the quicker I am to set boundaries. And it's like in all of that, I start to learn how limitless I am just limitless and how easy it is for me to give that away to other people. Like, please take on this energy. Please understand your power. Please stop saying sorry. Please feel what this feels like to have and create whatever it is you want. But if you have not done the work to acknowledge your limitlessness and your power, you cannot go coach and empower other people and give that to other people because you're giving them your trauma. You're giving them your limitations and your fear and your doubt. And you're, you know, when I talk to someone, they go, I talked to my coach and they said that wasn't realistic. I'm like, skirt, (laughs) not true. Like, (laughs) you need a new coach, honey, come over here. (laughs) I honestly, you know, the truth is, is that all of us, all of us are capable of anything. But when we live in the reality of our limitations, we're only able to manifest in that energy. So if you think that you're coaching up or you're teaming up with somebody and you say, I want to be number one on Apple iTunes, and they say, that's not possible, then you need to find another person to work with. And I don't recall, I don't know if you remember what I told you. I said, Jessica, this is how many downloads I want. And you immediately said, well, then we got to get to work. Mm -hmm. I mean, there wasn't a hesitation. There wasn't like, well, Michelle, be realistic. You're not going to get that many downloads, you know, da, 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 da. And I think there was even a day where we were talking and I said, well, you know, I I don't really have that many Instagram followers and I've kind of not done my social media that well. You know, most of the people that I know are reporters. So, you know, they're probably going like, oh my gosh, like they're not going to go manifest things. They're reality people. And you said, I'm sorry, what are you saying? 
And I, <laughs> I shut up immediately because that little bit of fear, that little bit of doubt was creeping in that my angels were like, no, we put you with Jessica for a reason. We know that you're going to be able to fly very high and elevate everything that you're doing in that platform by working with Jessica. And I think it would be a good time to just kind of talk about how you and I became aligned. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. So I originally this year, just like everybody was excited about 2020. And I was doing a six city speaking tour to get 6,000 people to meditate on peace. Well, Corona happened, COVID happened. And the day that I was supposed to pick up the RV and I was already picked up, I had my interviews in all these cities and everything set up the shutdown happened. So I had no idea that what 2020 was going to be. And I kind of was like, well, this is interesting. This is strange. This is weird. And I was not doing PR, but I'm listed on a lot of different PR websites. And I started doing this manifesting miracles, just like one minute on Instagram, just to get people interested in and connected to this vibration of abundance. Because I thought, well, if we're all home suffering, maybe I can help a few souls. And I already had all like my money for this year already done. You know, by January 1st, I had all six figures in the bank. So I didn't need to do anything, but I always want to be somebody who lifts our planet and lifts our souls and lifts the vibration around us. So I ask every day for God to let me serve. How can I serve today? How can I help somebody? What can I do? And because I know I've been protected and served in so many ways, it's only in my vision is to always be of use and to make sure that the people and the angels that need to be lifted on earth run into me. So here I am taking a class at Yale to be a happiness expert. And I get a phone call because <laughs> I'm always educating myself. I just have to have another course, another course, another course. You know, I always want to expand and evolve and grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who says that they know it all or they don't need to grow, move away from that person. That Correct. person is limited. Yep. They think that they know it all. We fail yep. in a sense every single day in order to understand that we succeed on the opposite side. Correct. So here I am taking this course on happiness from Yale and my phone rings and it's a friend of mine and he's like, hey, do you still do PR? I'm like, well, not really, but I mean, I can help out. What do you need? It's like, well, a friend of mine is on a reality show and she wants to hire a publicist to get more publicity while her show is launching during Corona. And I was like, oh, well, how good of a friend? And then my friend Tim says, oh, she's awesome. You know, I've worked with her a hundred times. She's really nice, but I really think that you're somebody who shoots straight and just talk to her. So I call up this girl and I said, you know, hi, I'm Michelle. And she was like, I know who you are. I know who you are. <laughs> and she was like, are you going to do PR for me? I know what you've done for people. And I said, no. Well, first I looked you up and I have to tell you, you're drop dead gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You are right. You are an amazing. I From the photos, I can tell what your energy is like. I can tell that you're a kind soul. And I just have to ask you, when God has given you everything in this world, beauty, intelligence, kindness, prosperity, now you need ego. Now you need fame. Mm. And she was really quiet. And I said, I know it sounds judgmental, but I don't see that for you, babe. And she was like, what do you mean? And I said, I genuinely think that if you walked into a room with girls that only spoke Spanish because she was um, Latin, she was Hispanic, I said, you will be able to influence and change lives everywhere you go and be an example of what a Mexican-American can do in our country. And I would prefer and I would love to set you up for interviews that way and you don't pay me instead of taking your 5000 or whatever a month that you were going to pay me to feed your ego. If you need to feed your ego, look in the mirror. And she was like, are you really turning me down? And I said, I'm not turning you down. I'm turning you up. 
And what I'm going to open up for you is a much bigger, much beautiful vibration than being on a magazine cover or being in an article in a newspaper. That's ego. And I don't see that for you. So then we continued to speak for about an hour and a half and she's crying and I'm crying. And she was like, you're an angel. You should tell people how to do this. Like if I had ever had a conversation like this with somebody like this a year ago, I think I may not have even gone on the show. And I said, well, you can't go backwards. We only go forwards. So I appreciate that. About a week later, she calls to tell me that she started volunteering and that she was so excited and she was helping young girls. And could we go to dinner? So I go to dinner with her. We go get, we go to the patio because, you know, we have to be smart and, you know, be safe. And we're at the dinner and she asked me about crystals or something. And I give her a dissertation on what it is. And a dissertation. (laughs) I would need one too. (laughs) Exactly. And she said, you know what, Michelle, I would literally pay to get this advice. And I said, well, people do, they pay me. And she said, but I mean, what if you did it for the world? Like you're telling me not to do it for money. What if you don't do it for money? And I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, I think you should start a podcast. Now, on that particular day, three different people told me to start a podcast. Mm. Now I'm on the patio and I know my angels are working very hard. My spirit guides, they're coaxing me with frozen margaritas, and <laughs> delicious guac and chips. Right. I'm staring at this girl and I'm thinking, is she the messenger or am I the messenger? Right. And she said, I was in Vegas and I heard this phenomenal speaker and this podcast guru come up to me and talk to me. She's always talking to people. She's always helping people. She's like you. She's very kind. She's really genuine, but very straightforward. And I think you should connect with her. And I just looked at her. And at first I wanted to resist because I didn't want to put anything else on my plate. And second, I remembered the path of highest elevation is with the least resistance. And I said, all right, I'll call her. And then she messaged you. And then instantly we spoke within a couple of days and manifesting miracles was on its way to reality. So a month and a half into the podcast, right? My social media manager, who is a former TV producer, Raquel, I'm telling her, I was like, hey, I want you to align with Jessica. And I told you, I said, Jessica, she's phenomenal with social media. If you go to my Instagram, you see all these beautiful videos and all the stuff that I do. Raquel did it. So I was telling Jessica to go hire her and work with her and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then about five days later, I'm looking on social media and Jessica is a speaker at the same event that Raquel's a speaker. I mean, of all the people on the planet and all the ways, my angels and my guides were going to connect me with you one way or another. And Raquel probably would have said like, Michelle, you start a podcast like this Jessica in my thing. So one way or another, our roads were going to intercede and my guides know I'm kind of stubborn. So <laughs> they were like, well, what happens if she takes the money? We have, we have A and B as a backup. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're like, well, you know, what if she takes that PR money? Let's line up Jessica and Raquel just in case. And I mean, you don't know Raquel. You've never met her, right? Nope. Nope. Never. And you didn't know me. Nope. Never. <laughs> Right. And I mean, energetically, we all know each other. We all come from the same source. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all here on this planet in this timeline together. And whether we work with our angels and our spirit guides, crystals, sage, intentions, manifestation or not, we are a part of that energy. And the quicker that you get on board and you use all of your tools in your tool chest, the faster these things process and the quicker these things happen. And you can literally just like ask a question and something will happen. Like, I'm going to give you guys a tip. Most people have thousands of songs in their phone, right? From iTunes or Spotify or whatever. So I would say do 60 seconds of just breathing in through your nose, a big circular breath out through your lungs and imagine yourself just being a clear slate with a blank piece of paper in front of you. Then I want you to, in your mind, think with a pencil, never use a pen, even in your dreams, write out 
the question, like, am I supposed to go to Florida? Then open up your music and hit shuffle. Your angels and your guides will play a song that will answer that question. Whoa. I just visualized that whole thing happening. Right. Exactly. And so anytime you need an outside influencer, don't ask your best friend. Don't ask your mom. Don't ask your sister. Ask your angels and your guides because they're really there for you. And they're here. We have a team. We usually have about five or six spirit guides and one angel. If through your work, you end up seeing two angels or working with two angels, that probably the most, but they say that some people have three and four. I've just known from the angel work courses that I've taken that it's generally one to two and you don't know where they are until you connect with them and you invite them in. But every single time I'll be like, hmm, should I go here? And then I'll clear my mind. I'll think of the blank piece of paper. I'll type, you know, scratch out the question and then I'll take out my phone and hit shuffle. And the title of the song or the singer or the name of the album, it will always be an indicator of what they're trying to communicate with you. And they'll always use it. You'll know you'll be in the car and you're thinking of something. And then all of a sudden that song comes on and you get emotional. They're riding in the passenger seat with you. Oh, my God. They're there all the time. You mean to tell me I'm paying a team right now and I've had a team all along? That's right. (laughs) But you have to assign your team their team. So here's the way I look at it. Let's say like on my street, there's 10 houses. If those 10 houses, nobody's communicating with their angels and I'm vibrating high. I always say, if all the angels on the street are not being used, please come to my house. (laughs) I love it. If dummy number one and dummy number two and dummy number three wants to be an ego where it's me, myself and I go right ahead. I'm going to go ahead and take a hold of 1304, 1306, 1249, 1701. Yes. Right. And just say, well, hey, they're and I think of it like angels are bored. They're on a smoke break. They're like, (sighs) damn it. Jessica's never asked us for anything. We're just so bored here on Earth. (sighs) And then all of a sudden she's like, hi, angels. Like, oh, 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 (laughs) finally. Damn it. We have been waiting and waiting and waiting. And she's 30 now. It's taken us 30 freaking earth years to get a communication and dial up the Jessica phone. Then all of a sudden you're going to see a feathers everywhere. And you're going to see these synchronicities and these numbers. And you're going to be overloaded. And you're going to be like, what do I do? They're just so excited. You finally opened the phone. They're like, we have been calling you and calling you and calling you. And you have been dialed into this other frequency of limited thoughts, of self-doubt, of fear. And fear is a liar. And before we come to earth, we have a conversation with everybody we're going to meet and everybody that we're going to interact with. And then they come down and we forget everything. But that's why when you meet somebody, you're like, I feel like I know you or I feel like this was meant to be or whatever it is. And then if you're awake and you're aware, you see the alignments like me and you, that was always going to happen. And for whatever purpose and reason, my angels needed me to be able to tell this story to lift others. So no matter what situation you're in, you can relate to something in my life. And I see all of this perceived suffering as opportunities for others to excel. Mm. I pushed through and it wasn't by accident. Being a Life Path 9, well, it was probably a lot easier for me than other people. Now, Life Path 1, they're my favorite. They're my favorite kind of people because they're like once they're turned on, because you can be two sides of the number. When you're the lowest version of your number, You're in fear, you're in doubt, you're in everything that's the opposite of your highest energy. I can get like that. I can get like that. I've seen my worst. So when you do connect with that, just tell yourself, I need to be a high one. I need to be a high one. And one is a master number for the angel realm. So that's why your aura is always, that's why I can always see your aura so clearly. Because Mm. you're like basically like an earth angel. Mm. Wow. 
This is so crazy. I love it though. I can't wait to get in the car and invite my angels in. (laughs) Yes, honey. Yes. Now, you know, if they're playing like drop that beat and twerk it, then maybe you need to work out more. (laughs) Good. I'm glad you gave me an out just in case. (laughs) Just in case, you know. But like I had this one psychic. It's a TV psychic. So I won't say his name because I paid a lot of money and he doesn't like you repeating what your readings were. But he told me, he was like, Michelle, I keep hearing this one song for you. And I don't know Elton John the singer very well. I'm not familiar with his songs. It's not my jam. And he was like, I'm still standing. That's what they keep saying is your song. Well, I'd never heard this song. And it was right before I was going to start the podcast. And they said, this podcast is going to allow you to help so many people on earth. It's part of your path. It's part of your destiny. And they only see positive things here. And he said, when you're talking about this in the next 48 hours in a random place, like a Whole Foods or a a Home Depot, you're going to hear this Elton John song. I'm like, I've never even heard this song in my whole damn life. Like now all of a sudden I'm just going to walk into him. And even me, this was just, you know, three months ago. I was like, oh, okay. And so I was at dinner with one of my girlfriends who works at Fox News. And she was telling me all about the issues with the, you know, with current president administration, everything that's going on through them. And she said, now tell me what's going on with you. I understand you're launching a podcast. And as soon as I started to explain to her what the podcast was right there at Chewy's restaurant on Greenville Avenue in Dallas, Texas, I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, freaked out. I was like looking around and I go, Dana, is an Elton John song playing right now? And she goes, yeah, I go, is it? I'm still standing. And she goes, yeah, I go, I'm not crazy, right? That song is playing right now. And she was like, yeah. And I just knew that was like the exclamation point because my boyfriend and I had broken up that day Mm. and I was like a little down. So I was kind of in my, you know, in my, and so I said, you know, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I know he wasn't my husband or else he'd be here. So, but let me tell you about my podcast. And as soon as it came on, literally like the song changed. I was like, I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still standing. And then I was like, oh my gosh. So I get in the car and I download it onto my phone. I was like, okay, okay. Anytime I need this, right? Then when you and I were launching my podcast, there was a little bit of technical difficulties. Right. And which I wasn't really too concerned about because I know I vibrate with the energy of God and angels and spirit guides. I was like, it's just going to be whatever it's supposed to be. You know, it's going to work out. How it's going. You're like, oh no, no. I'm like, no, it's cool. I literally turn on the TV and there's some ad for a movie called Rocket something with Elton John and I turn on the TV and it the song comes on I'm still standing yeah I I just hung up with you and then I turn on the TV and they're advertising this Elton John musical movie and right when I turned on it was like I'm still standing and I just I got hysterical I started crying and I'm dancing around my house I'm like I need to learn all the words this song they're always telling me this Elton John song So anytime I talk about the podcast, I'm out in public or I'm thinking about the podcast, that song will come on in some way, like the musical version of it, just the bars of it or the actual song or a remake of it. And so I'm just telling you, you can either vibrate in this human existence where you have to prove everything, or you can be an energetic being that's turned into the frequency of abundance and uses all these different modalities and rituals to align yourself for what is waiting for you, why you came here. And that's what I talk about on my podcast. I'm here for that. Let that shit die so I can receive it all because I want to know what I'm here for. Am I walking in it? Am I serving in it? Am I doing the things that I can receive freedom and abundance and and mobility and just the feeling like I feel like I, I haven't lived a life worth living if I'm not 
if I'm not able to connect energetically and feel those feelings and, and walk in my divine assignment, like what a life missed. Like, I just can't imagine life any other way. And you shouldn't. And if you're in a situation right now where you're not feeling like Jessica and I, if you're in a situation right now where maybe you're worried about your mortgage, maybe you're worried about your husband's job or your job or your son is sick or your daughter has a terrible friend and you want her to walk away from that relationship. God has asked you to listen to our podcast today so that you can connect to a higher version of yourself for you and your family. Science has proven that there are no coincidences. This is Albert Einstein's black hole theory. And you could even go into the Tesla theory of three. Whichever way you want to scientifically prove this, whichever way you want to ethically prove this, whichever way you want to spiritually prove this, I'm telling you right now that on the other side of this fear is your abundance. Mm. End it with a bang, bat, swing, home run. <laughs> All right, girl, you are amazing. If they didn't catch you on the first episode, tell them on the second, where can they stalk you? Where can they find more about you? So for sure on any place that you can hear iTunes, you know, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Manifesting Miracles with me, Michelle J. Lamont, you'll see a blue background and me in a black hat and a black jacket. That's me. You can also go to my Instagram, Michelle J. Lamont. And then I am also doing an IGTV series called The Mystic Mike. So you can get way too much of me, but you can definitely go to michellejlamont.com. And if you want coaching, if you want advice, if you just want to tell me your story, I'm here for it because I'm here to help people connect to their their highest and best self and their angels and their guides have aligned you to hear this message for a reason. Don't ignore your angels. Don't. Mm. All right, girlfriend. Thank you so much for everything that you gave us today and all that knowledge. And you can dive 10 times deeper by just taking a listen to Manifesting Miracles. So thanks, Michelle. Thank you, love. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.